Welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast. Conversations to explore what coaching is really all about, what it takes to be a great coach, and why coach training really does make the difference. Discover how coaching can help you in all areas of your life and business in a fast-paced and demanding world. So join us here to share conversations and insights with some of the best coaches from around the globe. Real coaches, real talk. So let's get started with me, your host, Teresa Brooks. Hello and welcome to Coach, the professional coaching podcast with me, Teresa Brooks. Um, and today with me, I have Jodie Salt, um, lovely lady that I have been communicating with on email and was featured in Coach quite recently um, on her hot topic that we're going to discuss today. Um, and Jodie is an executive coach specialising in assertiveness for women in leadership. So there's plenty that we're going to be able to get stuck into today. Um, but first of all, welcome Jodie. Thank you very much, Teresa. It's lovely to come and join you. And as we say, meet well we are actually kind of face to face on video aren't we so we can see each other too so that's good yeah and it's lovely because I'm, I'm all about connecting with the Me people too. that I feature um and really getting to know who's behind all the all the socials really and mm. getting to know each other so this is a big subject of course with you know not only just women who are leaders but how they lead how they assert themselves where their confidence is and and you know where it isn't and really why this is an issue. And as we were just sort of chatting uh, before the podcast, it's something that could go on forever, this discussion. So mm. let's let's start with a point, um, handing over to you, you know, assertiveness, okay, and bossy. So some of your article talks about how when women are working in corporate and they've climbed the ladder and they're working around a lot of men, okay? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the bossy side, rears up um why does this happen so it's a really really interesting one it's not as obvious as it, things may seem on the surface um first and foremost i think there's a real wonky perception of what assertiveness really is there's a really kind of you know there's murky water there's muddy lines around um what kind of borders on aggressive actually the aggressive line starts much earlier in my book than generally people think it does and at the same time uh, I would say there's probably some double standards around uh, what an assertive man can look like versus what an assertive woman can look like um, but for me you know being bossy isn't a great feature for me when, when we're in the realms of being bossy we've probably gone just a, a couple of steps a little a little too far. So it's, mm. it's bringing it back. A lot of women I work with, one of the first steps is shifting that mindset around what does it mean for me to be assertive? And um, actually, I can be assertive and really kind and really nice and really thoughtful and a great <laughs> listener and all those things too that comes along with, with truly being assertive and especially in a feminine way. I think that's kind of important. I think this is super important um, and a massive topic and especially in, in corporate. So, I mean, I used to work in corporate and I worked with a lot yeah, of men mm -hmm. and I was in sales in corporate. So you can imagine oh, that yeah. as well. <laughs> so there were only a few women really in my role and, and plenty of men, yeah. uh, but good men, you know, but there were some women who were really full on 
you know, I mean, I'm not the quietest of, of women in many ways. I always mm-hmm. say my piece. But when you get to those kind of, like you say, that the bossy realm, there were there were some that would really rear up and, and become confronting, challenging, argumentative with the men. And you could see that it was about proving a point, almost getting the shoulder pads out, I call it. You know, yeah. we're, we're coming out dynasty style here, which is really unnecessary and actually only just gets ugly, doesn't it? Yes. But the thing is, what, you know, drives a woman to show up in that way, in that space, do you think, Jodie? So a couple of things. Um, first and foremost, lack of role model. So, um, you know, the role models that are on offer, as were for you in your space, were predominantly male. Um, and, and, and that's not that the male behavior is wrong or incorrect. That's in a lot of circumstances is right for them, but it doesn't look good or fit women necessarily in the same way. So not having lots of great female role models at that level is a challenge. Um, and then the second one is, is driven out of fear and being backed into a corner and predominantly our fight or flight mode being triggered. And, uh, you know, as women, we've got a, a cracking fight or flight uh, mechanism. We can fight like anything, you know, when, when the chips are down. And I think that's what I see a lot of examples of our women really backed into a corner not having good examples to emulate in a female sense and therefore come out as the alpha female, almost emulating the male behavior that then just locks horns. Um, and she struggles with that because that's not the uh, most conducive and most natural way for her to be able to get herself heard, which is often what she's trying to do in that particular situation. Mm-hmm. And of course, the worst part about that is that it's not really her, you know, because if anything, if anyone's ever experienced anything like that or where they felt they've had to step into that space or they found themselves becoming that woman. Yeah, it Mm -hmm. can happen, of course. And then you retreat from that and you feel terrible. And of course, you know, you don't want to have all this confrontation and difficulty. And there's so much that sits behind that because, you know, like men really don't go through this. (laughs) As you know, they really don't. Even if they'll have confrontation or some clash, it's a different kind of response. It's over very quickly. So we are really in different parts of the playing field. But also as women, we are historically fighting for a lot aren't we in our space so if we get forward in life it's like right I'm here and now I'm still fighting and so I suppose that the target really is how can that change Mm -hmm. and like you say by by women learning to become positively assertive but also what you said in early was really interesting and I come up against this a lot in my work is that women feel that being nice and they're wanting to be nice and wanting to be liked and wanting to please and having the whole nurturer and helper thing, depending what role you're in, they feel or believe wrongly that it has a, a, a conflict with being assertive and standing up. It's like, I'm going to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. And that comes up, that energy where, in fact, you just you can just say what you think in a really nice way that, that, that holds your boundaries well. Do, yeah. do you find that is a problem with some of the women that you help? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, you know, getting real clarity on what assertiveness looks like in that sense, because it's a lot more than what you think it is. It isn't about going in like a bull in a china shop, 
with your agenda to be the loudest and get yourself heard. Actually, you know, it's a combination of just two ingredients, consideration, and that one comes first for a reason. Am I considerate enough to um, listen, understand and acknowledge your thoughts, feelings, opinions, wants, needs, if it was you and I in the conversation, Teresa, then followed by courage, i.e. the courage for me then to follow on with that, with the same for me. And consideration leads first for a reason. You know, it's first seek to understand, then be understood. A phrase that many Absolutely. of us mm. are, are hugely familiar with. Um, that's but it's easy when, to say, isn't it? And this it is, is the easy key. To easy to say. We go, oh, that sounds great. Let's understand each other first and then we can move forward so nicely. Mm -hmm. But what happens is all these other feelings get in the way yes. whilst trying to do that. And of course, you've got this whole right, wrong battle going on. You know, if I see your point of view or I say that I understand that maybe that means I'm wrong. and I don't want to be wrong. So I'm not going to see your point of view. So it becomes that's when it becomes confrontational. And that's when something else that you talk about, the confidence comes in to, you know, be brave enough actually to sit and listen, like you say, and consider someone else's perspective. Because yeah. of course, when we're all locking horns, we're not getting anywhere, are we? No. And, you know, I guess in, in the corporate world, especially at the moment, vulnerability is a big word, isn't it? But, you know, it's become a bit of a corporate buzzword, but actually there's some real value in it. And again, I think people use it in a bit of a wonky way. It's not about me spilling my guts and wearing my heart on my sleeve and telling mm. you everything about my life. Oh, that's quite and, unappealing, isn't it? Really? It's very unappealing. <laughs> Please but don't I'm do that. Lots of people doing it and then putting the badge on it to say, oh, well, I was just being vulnerable. When actually the vulnerability mm. in this context is about me being open-minded enough to say, do you know what? I really hadn't thought about it the way you had. And hearing your point of view, you've opened my eyes to something that, I really just hadn't considered before. Mm. Thank you. Now, I still might not change my mind in terms of where I want to go or the decision I'd like to see us make. But notice how that moves the relationship forward when I can converse in that way to say, I get you and thank you for giving me a different perspective. And now is it OK for me to share mine because I might also influence yours? And this is the thing, but assertiveness is a skill. Okay, you mentioned about that, that, you know, how do we become confident enough to be brave? Assertiveness is a skill, therefore it can be learned. Okay, so it's about investing in the development and the practice of getting good at it. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of other skills that help you to do that. I.e., I know it sounds really basic, get good at listening and not speaking so much. You know, and then it's thinking about things like, um, influencing you know I mm. spend a lot of my time also helping women to have greater influence it's about developing your presence you know women want to have a voice and be heard without getting louder in mm. terms of volume you know they want gravitas and credibility and that comes from working on your presence so when you start to combine these more sub skills because communication is such a broad banner isn't it no, real listening, not just hearing, assertiveness, influence, presence, credibility, building high trust for me and emotional intelligence. I've yes, there as a, they're one. the big female levers so that we don't need to be the alpha female. Mm -hmm. Because here's the, here's the kind of the irony of it. What plays out for most women? Here's how most women come to me. They will say to me, 
I'm being labelled as too emotional at work. Okay, I'm being told mm. I'm too emotional in the boardroom, in senior meetings, whatever that may be. And so, you know, that's born out of the, the, the fact that we have a more, I would class us as having a more natural lean towards emotional intelligence. We sense emotion, you know, emotions easier. Uh, we, we are able to read what's going on for ourselves a little bit more. We might not be as great, though, at the self-regulation element of emotional intelligence and when we get good at that so I help women to self-regulate and it's not about leaving your emotions at the door I want to see emotion come back to the workplace because it's died a lot Mm. of the workplaces I walk into feel cold Mm. clinical full of um, clones of each other where almost nobody dares bring their real self to work because of the judgment well, the cultures are all skewed, aren't they, within within the workplace? And of yeah. course, you know, you're talking about women may say, oh, I'm told, I'm told, I imagine by men, that I'm too emotional. Or, like, another, or another alpha female woman. Yes, who's, who's yeah. far down the line like mm-hmm. that, yeah. And so there, it's almost like, well, there's no place for this. That's how that sounds. That's but how, in yeah. fact, you know, it, it maybe they are not emotional enough. And it's funny, that word, emotional, you know, it, it depends what you make crying, language means. But, <laughs> but it's what people think of instantly. I think, oh, she, I got a bit emotional. Or, you know, oh, that was emotional. So it's always attached with something that is maybe, I don't know, let's talk about it in women context maybe teary or expressive or upset certainly it's got that tinge to it uh, rather than leading with emotion and and let's have some feeling and some vibes around this how are we feeling about this yeah a bit of excitement using all of Mm. your senses to to lead and it is the doesn't happen it's so dry like you say I mean that's why a lot of women leave I think especially Um, or they, they just switch off they kind of disengage and then just bring themselves physically to work but not that's what I did that's what work. I did yeah me too yeah. me too yeah. and it's an interesting one a piece of research I did when I asked um if I, you know if I talk about being emotional at work for a woman what's the first thing that springs to mind for a man what's the first thing that springs to mind for a woman it's getting upset and teary and crying mm-hmm. for a man it's getting angry Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm like, okay, so let's broaden what we mean by emotion. What about joy, elation, liberation, um, humiliation, jealousy? Um, Feelings, yes. rather. I think it's that word, isn't it? Like, yes. like it's the language that's so important. It's yeah. like, well, how, you know, and I've noticed as well, sometimes when in coaching, I might ask a man, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. He'll always tell me what he thinks about it. You know, yeah. so they're very logical thinking. And I suppose, you know, as you, when you start piling all these things and adding these things together, and then you can take a woman who, you know, has done well in her career, but you don't know what those past beliefs are, that all, all of that programming, not, not to mention the ancestral stuff and all the Gosh, patriarchy, yeah. you won't even go there. But let's just, <laughs> let's just take it from a, a you know, a, a different perspective and think, well, when you bring all of that and you do well and you succeed, it it can be really quite confusing. And so women in leadership have done really well, but they hit a point, I imagine, you tell me where it's like, well, I don't, you know, how to kind of like handle myself, present myself, and I don't feel much like a leader right now. Uh-huh. So mm. the, one of the first things, so I have a program that I take people through. The first element of that is around identity, because that has become one of the most critical pieces to you know, as you say, get right to the core of this 
human being of this individual because most of them will say to me, I look in the mirror and I don't recognize the woman staring back at me. I've lost touch with who I am. And often, this is why it feels bigger for women than it does men. Because I do coach men too, mm. plenty of them. And we do know that you have feelings, men. We're not being, yeah. just obviously the men would be listening. It. Absolutely. It's just about expressing them in a different way. And of course, in this specific context. Totally. But for women, what, what transpires is it's more than just about the job. When I coach men, we talk about the job. When I coach women, all of a sudden it's about being a wife, it's about being a mum, it's about being a carer, it's about all these other roles or badges, as I call them, that they put on and take off many times each day, yet they very rarely put their own name badge on. So when are they Jodie? When are they Mm. Teresa? Mm. And so they don't recognise Jodie or Teresa anymore when they look in the mirror. So one of the first parts is bringing that back, reconnecting mm. with that individual, which obviously involves lots of work around values, around purpose, mm. around the legacy they want to leave, uh, you know, their personal brand, how they want to be perceived by others, how they want to be remembered. Um, so that, that's like the big anchor, really, and the starting point for many women in that position, if you, as you've just described. Absolutely. And it's interesting because, you know, the, the women that I coach, I help them to, well, the, the, the flag is sales. They come and they say, oh, I can't sell, which is yeah. similar to leadership. It's all uh-huh. about communication. And it all goes into one pot. Relationships. Of course, you, can, you can attach money to that as well. And then yeah. you've got another, another block, another problem, another layer of things to sort out. But it's the same thing. It's all about communication how do you show up how do you communicate and how do you present yourself to others and that that emotional management piece I think is really important because that's where as women that could be the 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 slippery area Mm -hmm. because as soon as we feel something we feel upset if we're not able to manage those emotions and communicate through them then obviously it kind of spills And then you might get the criticism from others about being too emotional. And then you make that mean, oh, my God, I'm no good at this. And that's just not true. That's it. That's it. So top tip around this one, because I think it's always useful if if I can give people quick wins, quick wins to help them with this. If that's you, if you have somewhere along the line had some feedback around being a bit too emotional at work, um, then that self-regulation piece through emotional intelligence is not about burying and getting rid of your emotion. What I help women do is learn to um, describe it rather than display it. So let's just say I am I'm feeling really angry. Let's say I've got my team in a meeting. They've missed a massive deadline. Huge project has now, you know, passed its, passed its deadline and it's going to cost a load of money to get back on track. They didn't speak to me about it. <laughs> Just making this one up. No, it's not from real experience. <laughs> Probably sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but ordinarily, what might happen for someone is they'll feel that, that emotion. They'll be triggered by it. They'll, it tends to have, each emotion I find, occurs in and has a sensation. So I say to women, learn to recognize where some of your most common emotions crop up. So for me, when I'm um, you know, angry... I'll tend to feel it in the top of my chest. Yeah, and it'll be almost really kind of fizzy and fast here. So I know then I'm like, right, that's, there's a sensation, notice it. What's that telling me? I'm angry. So then rather than have an outburst of that anger, I'm able to almost press the pause button and respond based on principles and desired results 
as opposed to moods, feelings and circumstance. Mm. And so then I can say, listen, team, you know how important this deadline was for us to meet. I'm really angry and really frustrated that you've let me down on this one. So I then have real credibility and still have impact. You know, my team are going to feel the weight of my emotion and they're going to know that they've let me down, but I haven't had to spill, you know, allow it to ooze mm, out mm, of me in that bleed. sense. Mm, yes, exactly. Yeah, so that's and kind I think of that... top tip in, in, in self-regulating, managing mm. that too emotional label. Super powerful tip as well, Jodie, and, and one to master, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It you takes know, practice. It, yeah, it takes practice and, and, and no, no kicking of oneself <laughs> when mm-hmm. it doesn't go quite well. And of course, you know, you know, when people do shout and they do rant and they rave, what do we do? we just switch off we're like oh my god I can't listen to you you know we'll block it out so actually the louder you become the least effective you are Mm -hmm. anyway in any part of your life and we've all done it you know gone off in an absolute fit and then it's like are you even listening to me (laughs) can even be to the kids or whatever and you know that it's falling on deaf ears because it's just too it's just loads of noise now you know there's nothing useful in there anymore Uh um so you know the part about women and confidence having the confidence to do this in the first place yeah what do you think the i'm gonna i'm gonna use the word problem but you know what i mean what do you think mm-hmm. the problem is with women and confidence it, from, from your perspective and the work that you do jody i know so, it's a massive question but let's right. break no, it down no, it's good, it's good. <laughs> so um around confidence the first one i think is we expect it to be like a switch on our back you know people will say to us oh come mm. on just be a bit more confident you'll be fine yeah we don't have this magic switch on our back seek my confidence button on right (laughs) nor can you um, order some on amazon prime and it gets fetched around tomorrow Mm. which is you know the sad thing about it um i think women are put in the spotlight a lot more and judged a lot more so uh that negative self-talk then really kicks in for a lot of women um, and that ends up knocking people's confidence. I want women to actually be able to go, do you know what? I'm not confident and I'm cool with that. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a, ne- you know, a, a negative thing or a, not a great set of circumstances when I'm not confident. Actually, a real result is to be able to go into a situation and say, actually, you know, my, my confidence is feeling really low about doing this. Mm-hmm. Can I have some support, please? You know, can... Can yeah. somebody be there to be helpful? And also, me, how many things are we trying to be confident in? There's lots, lots of things that, resilience. for instance, <laughs> I'm not confident in. And then I think, well, am I, am I even interested in being confident in that area? Not really. <laughs> so it's almost like focusing on where you need your confidence and, you know, tackling the, the issues around that. And like you said as well, another um, word that you used was courage earlier. And the courage to ask for that support, I think, is really important in what you've just said, because yes. do you find that a lot of your clients and women will sort of like struggle behind the scenes oh, until they come to you? Or perhaps if they're listening to this, they never have gone to anyone because they're they haven't got the courage to ask or they don't know who to go to that might actually get it. Yeah, um, I do see the same thing in men, though. In, if anything, mm. sometimes in men, they are less likely to ask mm. for help. But men also lack confidence a lot, mm. probably to the same degree as women do. But what, what I see a number of men do is they will fake it till they make it. Uh, whereas I'm not a huge advocate of that strategy. I would much rather say, OK, let's build confidence by learning skills, by getting good 
at the things that will make you confident. For me, confidence isn't a thing you go and get somehow, whether it be on a switch or not. It's not something that you develop on your own. It's it's a situational, as you say, I can feel confident in some things, but not in others. Mm. And therefore, to be confident in certain things, it's about unpicking what are the skills, qualities, attributes, what mindsets, whatever you think you may need for that job situation task at hand, and then work to develop those things. Mm. We feel confident when we feel able and capable at the thing we're about to do. What's your favorite kind of win story if you like about helping someone in the way that you do have you got someone that's always like oh and that kind of hero that it was quite an interesting tale so one for myself or one that maybe I've helped one of my clients anything really just 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 sort of like watching it play out those times where you know those real transformations sort of from this to that are always great to hear okay yeah so um Ones I love to work on the most and that are very common is helping women to land their message with impact. Okay. So there's this one lady that I did work with in a senior role, HR director role, um, obviously regularly at the, uh, at the board table and was really struggling to get herself heard. So I did actually got the opportunity um, to go in and observe her work, which was, I just think that that's where the real magic can happen. Mm when um, I can observe them in action and then we can work on what we've seen. Um, and long story short, I'd observed her in a, in a meeting and um, she suffered from a condition that I call waffleitis. <laughs> Loads of women have waffleitis. Uh, if you've never heard of the phrase before, it's saying 27,000 words when six would do. Yeah. The piece losing of everybody that, along the way, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where they're talking for half an hour and people are then none the wiser or maybe even more confused by the time they have finished speaking. And so, we worked together on helping her be succinct, so being able Wonderful. to really mm. craft a message clearly, um, so that it gets noticed, heard, considered. Um, and the difference just in her presence, this one came to mind because we were talking about presence. Her presence just grew enormously. She had real gravitas. Her credibility mm. um, massively increased. She had so much more influence in the business. Yeah. Um, she was really driving forward her, her HR strategy. Perfect. And that, she was that, happy. She was yeah, happy. That's she the best thing, you. isn't it? It's like, yes, yes go to the meeting. Um, yeah. And, you know, that clarity is just so key, isn't it? Because if you're mm-hmm. not clear on what you're talking about or, or doing, and then you, you try and express that, yes. uh, and we've all been there. Come on, we've all been there. You know, you try and express that. And you, even in your mind, you're like, what? am I even saying mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even know and then of course if people are confused they're going to drop off you know you, you're never going to get buy-in when there's any confusion yeah. so if you're certainly if you're like wanting people to buy into your ideas or your or your product services whatever it is and you're not clear about it and you're not confident about it then they're not going to be either so I bet her life um work life and probably life has just transformed hasn't it totally absolutely Amazing. you know Love she's that stress levels hugely reduced and you know for women I'm going to say of of kind of my age so I'm talking 40s to early 50s 
women of our age, particularly in these positions, have really got to watch the stress levels, mm. particularly around us, our hormones. I work with a lot of women who are in perimenopause, yes. kind of heading up to, to menopause because their hormones are all over the place and stress driving up cortisol in their body. That's what's giving them uh, their, um, you know, uh, muffin top ring of... Um, there's so much to take around care of in that period of life. Yeah, like and actually say, what yeah. they don't realise is they're trying to diet and exercise and run everywhere when actually reducing the stress in their lives has allowed so much more hormonal balance yeah. to return, meaning they're getting better night's sleep. They're not having hot flushes so much, particularly in meetings when they then get really embarrassed. Mm. Uh, they have a lot that. No, you know, fog, no foggy brain. Yeah, and that's real stuff. You know, mm. that, that's not, you know, any perceived, I mean, any emotion is real if you're feeling it, but you know what I mean? From the outside, it's real stuff. And then, of course, you'll get these, uh, you know, dog other dogged leaders be like, oh, well, it's going through the change and no wonder it's like that. And I believe that those people are still out there, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course that makes you feel even worse. I mean, the way that we say it anyway, in this, this country, the change is, like, oh, you know, it's, it's terribly disempowering, isn't it? So I think it's amazing that, you know, the work that you do can bring all of that into one place and if you want to go and read Jodie's article again especially if you haven't and you've listened to this I would highly recommend just pop on to the coach website and you'll be able to read hers and many other articles um, around empowerment and leadership so thank you so much Jodie is there anything you would like to leave us with that we haven't mentioned anything that's burning for you so uh, another one last little tip, uh, yes. and it's, it's just popped into my mind then, as you were saying about it's more than just in it, when you're leading, um, is that around dressing assertively, because that crops up a lot for, for a lot of women. Dressing assertively does not have to include bright red lipstick, <laughs> shoulder pads or sky high stilettos. It's about finding a personal style that reflects your personality and brand. So you can be assertive and wear a floral tea dress and a pair of Converse. This is it. So it's just kind of like, be be who you are. It comes from the inside. It does. It comes from the inside. And I'm sure a lot of women would be very relieved to hear that because <laughs> especially after lockdown, I can't go anywhere in a pair of heels. <laughs> I, like, I put some on the other day and I was like, my feet hurt already. I haven't actually left the house. It's just too much. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't straighten my knees. I couldn't actually even stand up straight. It's too much. We've been at right angles in our chair for like over a year. <laughs> So, Jodie, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you? Um, so people can find me quite easily on Facebook or Instagram, um, Jodes Salt. So that's nice and easy. Um, I'm also on like LinkedIn, same name. Um, and if you're interested in looking at some of the stuff that I do, then my program's called Woman Up. So um, Love it. you can check that out too. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And thanks for listening to another coach podcast. You can log on and listen to other coach podcasts um, all online. And you can apply to be a guest on one. You can also subscribe to get the latest articles and podcasts. um, And you can be featured as well. So head over to www.coach-magazine.com and find more information there. And you can find me, Teresa Brooks, again, on social media, um, anywhere you like. It's also easy these days so thanks so much Jodie and I'm sure I'll be speaking to you again and keep up the amazing work thank you you can read coach magazine for free online every quarter 
Just subscribe at coach-magazine.com and receive it direct to your inbox. You can order print copies, book a directory listing, find us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. 